You're listening to the Digital Remodeler Podcast. In each episode, we explore the latest trends, tools, and strategies for transforming your home remodeling business in the digital age. Join host Carl Willis, a seasoned home services digital marketing consultant, as he interviews industry experts, shares success stories, and provides actionable tips to help you stay ahead of the curve and build a successful and sustainable home remodeling business in today's ever-evolving market. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this show is the ultimate guide to help you modernize your business and thrive in the digital world. All right. Well, welcome to the Digital Remodeler Podcast. So glad to have you today. And uh, joining me is Russ Glickman. Uh, he's got uh, his remodeling company is based in the Washington, D.C. area. He's got over 40 years experience and just going to read you a few of his credentials. So as you're listening today, this is one you really want to take some notes on because I'm sure we're going to get some some nuggets out of this. Uh, so Russ is a certified aging in place specialist, a master certified remodeler. Certified Remodeler, Certified Green Professional, Universal Design Certified Professional, Green Advantage Certified Professional, Certified Lead Safety, and Certified Environmental Access Consultant, ADA Specialist. He gets called into court sometimes as an expert witness uh, in personal injury cases to discuss the needs uh, that an individual is going to have. And if that wasn't enough, let me read you a few more accolades. Uh, Russ has been endorsed and featured in over 80 national and local publications for creative solutions. Uh, this includes Better Homes and Gardens, The Washington Post, Washingtonian Magazine. Uh, he was named Wizard of Inner Space by Luxury Homes Magazine and uh, National Remodel of the Year by National Association of the Remodeling Industry. And then Washingtonian Magazine named him a top remodeler. He's also received the Best of House Award. Uh, for Remodeling and Home Design, and the Chrysalis National Award for Residential Universal Design. So he brings a lot to the table. Uh, you're going to want to take some notes. And Russ, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Carl. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, uh, you sent me some notes on how you got started, and I thought it was a great story. So if you talk us through, how did you get started? Uh, well, I guess I was always somewhat uh, mechanically inclined as a kid, always interested in how things were were put together and uh, taken apart. And uh, I was entrepreneurial as well. Um, my grandfathers on both sides were uh, were somewhat builders. They did woodworking. Um, and the on my mom's side, the grand my grandfather. Uh, just during the Cold War, moved to uh, Kentucky, Cave City, Kentucky, and he built a house uh, from the ground up with his own hands by himself, everything, except he had help pouring the foundation. That's the And uh, we used to go stay there during, you know, summers. Uh, and so I was, you know, they had, they had an unfinished attic that the kids got to sleep in. And I was looking up at the, at the framing, trying to figure out how all this stuff went together. So I got I got started with with them then uh, in in high school and going into college. I worked uh, summers in construction with my girlfriend's uh, brother 
and we built additions um, you know, from the ground up. Um, and then I went to University of Maryland uh, and was uh, majoring in three different things, uh, pre, pre-med, pre-dent, and engineering. And uh, I really should have been in business the whole time. Uh, <laughs> But I got to the split, which was about 80 credits and had to make a choice. Uh, and so I, I, it was like, you know, physics 203 was okay for one major and the other major it was physics 204. And it was like, it was just too much to do that uh, since I was more of an entrepreneur and a business guy. So I didn't want to be sitting in, in classrooms learning the wrong stuff. Uh, and uh, so I dropped out and I actually hired some guys from my dorm and we're doing painting and landscaping business. And then uh, as time went on, Dex became a really big business. And I ended up with, uh, over time, 35 employees and salespeople who had carpenter crews. We were building lots of decks and then realized, hey, uh, I've got this overhead set for a seasonal business. And then we needed to do sort of a transition to full line remodeling. And uh, so we, we did that. I, would, I hired guys who knew more than I did about, you know, pretty much every aspect of the business. Um, and then uh, eventually I, it, it gnawed at me that I had not had started something and I didn't finish it. So I went back to uh, college at night, University of Maryland, University College. And actually, I got like 33 credits for uh basically showing what I had learned in my own business over the years. And then, and then uh, took some more of the courses and graduated in uh, business management studies from the University of Maryland. Fantastic. Now, one of the things that, that, you know, we see in your, your path is uh, you've really specialized in accessible living spaces. Um, and, and I know some of that came out of your own, you know, family story. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us as well. Uh, sure. I had been doing general remodeling and then, and I had two children uh, and you would call them neurotypical. Uh, they did not have cerebral palsy. And my third child was born uh, prematurely uh, to our surprise. And it was uh, two pounds, uh, 14 ounces. And they did not expect him to survive. Um but he decided he wanted to live. Uh, on day three, they gathered us around to say goodbye. And his, his mom, he was like, you've been poked and prodded and through so much. And you can just like close your eyes, go to sleep, and, and we'll see you on the other side, basically. And he opened his eyes up for the first time. He looked at his mom and the nurse who'd been around there for a long time said, this, this kid's going to live. He wants to live. And that's exactly what happened. He was in the NICU for six months and then brought home on like 16 meds, oxygen, 24-hour nursing. And that he, he wanted to survive. And we did the best we could to help him uh, have a good life. And he lived at home until about 10 years ago. He's in a group home now. Uh, but during that time, as he got older, we needed to do modifications to the house. To, to work for, you know, to work for him and to work for us. Uh, when, when they're smaller, you can kind of carry them around. You can use a stroller, a fold-up stroller, and put them in and out of the car. And then as they get bigger and their equipment gets heavier, then it gets trickier. 
then you need wheelchair ramps and you need lifts and you need uh, patient lifts because, uh, you know, people. So I learned how to do all that out of necessity. And so over the years, when I did things at my own house, it was sort of a trial and error sort of thing. And it's like, you know, when you do something for the first time, you build a ramp on the side of your house around or you do a lift or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, next time I do it, I'll remember to do something a little bit different. So I had the benefit of when people called upon me because they, they you know, knew that I had a child with special needs. And even their physical therapists, uh, his doctors, uh, his friends, parents would. So I get, would get called on that. And it was not something I really had planned on ever being an expert in or wanting to do. But it's something that I had learned to do. And, and I could end up helping people with that. And fast forward 25 years later, the Mikey's uh, doctor, physiatrist, um, which is basically an orthopedic doctor who doesn't do surgery, uh, and she specialized in helping kids with special needs. And so, but she had a special need herself after 25 years, and she called upon me to help help them. And then I helped her think through how to have a really nice house that does not look wheelchair accessible, but actually is wheelchair accessible. And so we remodeled her her home and uh, made that work for them in a beautiful way. Uh, And the Washington Post actually picked up an article about that modification. That house won a a national award for universal design and uh, was featured in the Washington Post. And and that actually went uh, it, it went international. It was it, it was p- picked up in different various countries uh, in Europe, Guam, Canada, uh, some other places. Excellent. Well, and that that brings us into this next topic. <clears throat> you know, you you've had your brand now. You've been developing that for forty years, and uh, obviously with some of the awards and and in your. Uh, response back to me, you you gave me some real interesting insight into to some of how you've developed your brand. Um, so if you would, you know, talk a little bit about that. How has your brand evolved? And then, you know, what are some of the things you've done to to continue to further the brand over the years? Okay, so so it was you know getting education and, and the um, and certifications uh, through some organizations, uh, National Association of the Remodeling Industry. A National Association of Home Builders and, and some other ones. So, so it's, you know, personal training uh, in that, um, and and it's it also um, applying for awards. You have to to win awards. You basically apply for them in your in competition. So it does take some work to find the right projects, put them together in in a manner. You know, photograph them professionally, stage them. Um, and then um, and then tell the story of, of of the project and submit those and then you can win awards. If you win awards, then you can uh, try to get those publicized. Uh, you can contact uh, you know different then um, years years ago when we went to first through the first recession, 1990, just leading up to that, I had actually had a PR person on staff full time. and I learned how she worked. And then as the recession hit, I had to let her go. And so, but I needed to continue. I needed to do more marketing, not less. 
So I took over some of what she did. And one of the things she did was she would get the editorial calendars of all the local newspapers and magazines and 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 see what they're going to be writing about in the future. And then she it would be basically you do the writer's work for them. If they're going to do something on a kitchen edition, then you you look at what you've done and you come up with a story that you basically wrote the stories, took pictures and, and presented it to them. And they go, wow, OK, I'll just kind of tweak this and put put my name on it. And then that's that's the story. So we got a lot of press coverage uh, over the years uh, doing that. So trying to get out there, uh, you can do seminars, you can um uh, you know, attend events, uh, things like that. Um, so, and, and then to, to be, uh, I guess, you know, we did, we were able to, you know, with our niche, be a little bit special, um, channel nine, US, WUSA nine, uh, you know, and some others, uh, sort of picked up on that. And then, then, you know, keeping up with a website is a big thing. We've redone our website probably 10 times in the last, you know, 15 years, um, and it's an ongoing uh, kind of thing. So you want to be, if you can have a niche, um, and if you can be findable, okay, th that's really key. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to ask if your specialization has opened some of those doors for you, uh, because you, you have the expertise, it, it's unique. Um, if that's been something you've been able to leverage you know, for some of that brand exposure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's in a way we were concerned it would pigeonhole us uh, because, you know, about half of our work has something to do with either accessibility or universal design or aging in place. Uh, but the other half is like people who are apparently are not aging at all and never plan to age. So they, they don't want to consider anything having to do with like universal design or, you know, so we'll sneak some things into their projects that later on, they're really happy. They made the hallway a little bit wider or they had, you know, wider doorways and uh, maybe something that doesn't look like a wheelchair ramp as an entry, but actually, Hey, that is. They never use this wheelchair. We use it for bicycles and strollers and and you know kids, you know, playing and and you know wagons and wheelbarrows and you know like at my own house. Uh, but so some of these features are handy for everyday living. And if you can kind of sneak them in without people feeling like, oh, my house looks like you know it's institutional and it looks like it, it, somebody with a wheelchair lives here. You know, you don't want that. Exactly. Good. And you, you alluded to, you know, a, a previous downturn and, and how you, you use some of the skills you'd learned from your PR person. And so that, that brings up a good discussion for us right now. We were talking even before we started the recording. Money is not cheap right now. And so, you know, a lot of remodelers are feeling that. What are some of the adjustments you feel like a, a remodeling company has to make uh, when times are a little more challenging to to really stay in business and continue to move forward well if you can if you can find a niche where where it's something where certain people need what you can provide and you can you can base demonstrate that you can provide that better than than other people uh then that sort of narrows it down uh so it's a 
so if you so finding a, a niche is important, um, and it, it could be uh, it doesn't have to be accessible remodeling or aging in place. Um, it, you know, it could be a certain type of addition that you can pop on a house very efficiently. Um, it could be, you know, uh, if if it's you know building out over a garage, a bedroom over a garage, you, you, and you can show that you can do that efficiently, and you've done a lot of projects like that. So, so finding a niche, I think, it is re- is really helpful. Times like that, I think keep, you got to keep up on marketing, but you also have to cut back in costs. You have to keep overhead low, um, and if you have a niche. Uh, you got to be findable. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's uh, good stuff. And, and let me let me ask you. Um, I'm going to back up to to the one thing you said there. Yeah. You've got to keep marketing, but you've got to control costs. Yes. So, so how do you determine what's critical in your marketing, and and what are the things that maybe you can let slide a little bit? Yeah. The the. <laughs> Tracking the marketing is, is important. So when you get calls or you get emails or inquiries, uh, so it's it's really important to, to to keep up with where are they coming from, and so you want to put your money into the the the, the areas that are uh, you're finding success. And so for us, unfortunately, you know, print media back in the '80s, uh, we we get a lot of leads. It was amazing how much business we got out of print media, and but that doesn't happen now. So we we've had to cut back in some of the flashy, high end, you know, kind of kind of things that are for you know branding. They they say, oh, don't worry about the direct leads you're going to get. You pay money, you're going to have it's, it's for brand improvement. Well, it's like, look, I can't afford to have brand improvement. When I when I spend money, I need to see my return on investment (ROI). So track your ROI, um, and 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 that's really key. Fantastic. And then, uh, you know, talking about some of those shifts, you know, print media was was uh, important for you in years past. What are some of the current shifts you're seeing, you know, in technology that that you feel like are really affecting the industry as a whole? Uh, well, one of the things that we found with COVID uh, was doing remote meetings like we're doing right now. And so uh, I, I could spread myself all over the metro area in one day. I can be at five different places as as opposed to and still be, you know, uh, going to the gym or riding my bike and, you know, whatever. Um, so, so that's, that's been, and we can, we have remote design sessions. And so we will design real time somebody's house while the customer, you know, so we, we will sign a design agreement, uh, and then, and then draw up the existing, you know, measure their house and at a site visit to their house, draw up the existing conditions, have them in the chief architect program and then invite the client to have a design meeting with them. And then they will see the project come to life in design real time in an hour and a half uh, session online. And so that did not happen. And the Zoom calls, uh, that that didn't happen for us. We, we, we had started just before COVID hit. 
uh, we were starting to do some of that because some of the design help we had was remote. And so in order to have those people working for us, they couldn't be in person. And so we were doing that, but it didn't really catch on until COVID happened. And then people realized, hey, they could be at home working and get as much done or more than if they were, you know, driving to work and meeting, you know, in person. Excellent. Uh, have you seen any any impact from, you know, as artificial intelligence has rolled out this this year in a heavy way? Have you seen any effects there industry-wide? Um, <laughs> I mean, some design, we're just, uh, you know, we're, we're working with it to some degree. I've actually, not not in a big way, as, uh, um, but as far as design ideas go, um, and, and artsy kind of design, um, you know, you, we, I've, I've worked a little bit with these programs, chat, GPT, and uh, you, you can actually talk uh, to the computer, type in, a, you know, your vision of something, and it actually creates it for you. And then you can type in more parameters and it, and it adjusts it. And, and so I, I'll look through, you know, online and see a lot of stuff. And I go, that, that, is, that is definitely an AI drawing, or it's not a photo. It looks like a photo, but it's not. And so you can, you can use that. And, and clients could use that too, to, you know, uh, create their own little dream project and, you know, hand it to the remodeler and go, hey, can you build this? <laughs> exactly. Good. So so it's kind of our, our final question here. So, you know, looking at, at uh, 40 plus years in the industry, uh, if you were to sit across the, the table from somebody starting out today or they're in their first five, maybe 10 years, um, what are some of the secrets of success that you would pass on to them? I would say so. In general, remodeling a remodeling business is, uh, in a way, it's like you have like uh, eight plates spinning. Okay, you imagine that you're like you're a magician. You're spinning these plates here, and all those eight plates have to keep spinning. Okay, it, it, it's not a problem if one of the plates gets a little bit wobbly once in a while. You just got to catch it before it falls, and then that and that that could be. In, in an area where like it could be with the legal part of, of your business, like keeping your licenses, everything up to date uh, and, and your contracts, make sure they protect you. It could be with marketing. It could be with HR. Um, it could be, you know, uh, the, in, in the construction field, you know, making sure you're building the project properly with customer relations, keeping in touch with the, with the customer so that they don't hit the wall you know, at the wrong time. So you got to make sure to keep all the plates spinning, number one. Number two, when you're, when it's a small business, you have to be the one spending all, keeping all the plates spinning. And then at, at some point you got to realize, okay, what is your best strength? What, what can you unload off of your plate? Okay. Um, in order to save yourself time where you could pay someone to do what you're doing and your time, for example, doing paperwork, you might be able to pay someone $20 an hour to, to enter, you know, data. And you could take, instead of you doing that, you can use your, your own time for its highest and best use. So figure out what your highest and best use of you. And then if you have other people working with you, what, what theirs is, and then try to delegate uh, other items and, and, uh, 
and try to get good people uh, to be able to do, um, you know, what needs to be done. Uh, unfortunately, it it gets when you have a small business um, and you can't you can't afford to have many people working, then it, you can't be that specialized. So some people who are generalists, they might be able to do uh, design and estimating and project management. But as the business grows, you need a really good designer and then a really good estimator, and then a really good project manager. And then that person that you hire to do all of those, they're not really the best at any of those. And so that that gets to be a little bit tough uh, during a growth phase because you, you might have to, you know, you specialize with people more in different positions. Excellent. And then any any other just final thoughts that you have for the audience, things that you think might be helpful? Um, well, you know, social media is, is, is you know, is a big thing. Um, uh, keeping your website up, um, uh, figuring out how to be findable uh, for, for what you do. Uh, if you have award-winning projects, uh, take the time to photograph them, stage them, and go through the efforts uh, to apply for awards and hopefully win awards. And you win the awards and, and uh, try to market those. Excellent. Well, Russ, it's been a, a privilege uh, visiting with you again today. And, and thank you so much for your insight and uh, uh, just your expertise. And, and it's been good having you. If you want to learn more about uh, Russ and his work, you can visit GlickmanDesignBuild.com and uh, learn more about them. They're on social media, so be sure to visit uh, their properties as well. Okay, there's also, uh, from the, the other aspect, uh, it's not tweaked as much, RussGlickman.com. Uh, All right. Is, uh, it, it's a little more of these legal uh, special needs and and uh, that that type of thing, but it's an interesting. It kind of shows from that uh, perspective, also. Thank you very much, Carl. Really, appreciate oh, absolutely it. perfect. All right.